Welcome to Right Spokane Perspective with your hosts, Mike Fagan and Tim Ben. We're opinion, fact, informative, and your alert system. Now let's get ready to rumble. Good day once again, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for rejoining Mike and Tim on There's 8 Billion of Us on the Blue Marble this Monday episode here on Right Spokane Perspective. I hope everybody out there had a safe and sane weekend. Now, it seems my mother can sense trouble from a mile away. Once after a rough day at school, I tried to mask my frustration, hoping that no one would notice. What's the matter, she asked. Then she added, before you tell me it's nothing, remember, I'm your mother. I gave birth to you, and I know you better than you know yourself. Boy, that sounds pretty familiar, don't it, Tim? <laughs> yeah, except for now, it's our cell phones that know us better than we know ourselves. <laughs> no kidding. My mom has consistently reminded me that her deep awareness of who I am helps her to be there for me in the moments that I need her the most. As believers in Jesus, we cared for by a God who knows us intimately. The psalmist David praised him for his attentiveness to the lives of his children, saying, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. Because God knows who we are, our every thought, desire, and action. There's nowhere that we can go where we're outside the bounds of his abundant love and care. As David wrote, If I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. We can find comfort knowing that no matter where we are in life, when we call out to God in prayer, he'll offer us the love, wisdom, and guidance that we need. You know the drill, folks. Father God, you are a loving God. Many times we feel misunderstood and alone. Thank you for reminding us of your presence in our lives. We know that you see us, you hear us, and love us, even when it seems like no one else does. In your son's Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Yes, there is something out there that knows your thoughts, your feelings, your life, your history, everything you do more than even your mother and Mark Zuckerberg and, uh, and the algorithms tracking everywhere and everything you do and all the apps that are on your phone controlling your future consumer decisions. And that is God. God knows all. And so, yeah, be careful on the internet because, you know, it's pretty bad with your IP address and that uh, they can control everything that's coming your way with algorithms. And God's got more power than they do. Yeah. Think about that. I mean, in this world today that we we have, I mean, really, we should be witnessing to the culture saying God has more power than big tech. Yeah. Absolutely. And it'd shock them because that's what people are afraid of these days is big tech. They're buying extra services to, you know, hide their IP address, extra services to, you know, protect them from a virus. And God's got directions how you can do all that. It's just, you know, the technology is you're on your own. Well, you know the deal, Tim. If you want protection against a virus, just go down to the clinic and get a COVID shot. (laughs) It doesn't stop all the viruses, though, that are out there. There's a a bunch of them that we haven't even been talking about, but we're not going to talk about those kinds of infections today. But you talked about the blue ball, and I was thinking about Friday's show. We were talking about the blue box. Yeah. And we were talking about security for the blue box. And, you know, we we obviously went into the other blue box and the white box that was in the blue states that don't like blue boxes. And even though they're blue states, I don't know, for election ballots. And it was interesting. 
interesting because they're saying don't mail things with the blue boxes where it might sit there all night long because people are stealing the blue boxes. They're breaking into them and stealing things. I mean, maybe like election ballots, you know, we kind of went down that road. But of course, that article came out after the election when we were supposed to trust the drop boxes and it was racist and voter suppression if people were guarding them. Mm-hmm. Right. So interestingly enough, after the election was over, there was all this ballot counting that went on forever and ever. It's probably still going on somewhere. Yeah, it's obviously going on somewhere still because the way yeah, these Nevada, elections are run. Arizona, Pennsylvania. Yeah, they're going to be recounted, the lawsuits, yeah, and then, you know, you then ballots will get lost. And there was places even in Idaho. There was a county in Idaho that found a couple boxes of ballots that hadn't been counted. Right. Of course, they counted the ballots and then said, well, it didn't change the outcome of the election. But, you know, we think about, and, you know, of all those ballots in drop boxes sitting there, more than overnight we're not supposed to trust the blue boxes that the u.s post office uses now in the holiday season but we were supposed to trust these drop boxes that we thought were getting picked up on a daily basis but there was counties across the united states where they just didn't have enough personnel to pick up all the boxes so in the week after the election they were still picking up ballots in drop boxes that hadn't been visited in who knows how long so how many people were voting in drop boxes or maybe putting mails to grandmother in, I don't know, because they hadn't picked them up yet. Exactly. Like within days after the election, because they just didn't have the, per- the personnel to pick up the drop boxes. So. Well, what happens in the cases where the county auditor actually loses the drop boxes? Because they don't know where the heck they put them. They forgot, they forgot where they are. Yeah, yeah. And that really happens too, folks. Yeah, it's a, it's unreal. It's, I mean, it's, elections are nowhere near perfect at all. Well, period. Nothing has ever been perfect, but the, we are in the the worst than perfect category in elections. I think in American history, I, I think that we'd be better off using the Pony Express for elections at this point. Okay, and we're, I'm talking about the Pony Express that actually used ponies. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Probably have more accurate, timely service. You bet. All right, folks, here is your first article. Now, this week, the world's population ticks over a historic milestone. But in the next century, society will be reshaped dramatically. And soon, we'll hit a decline we'll never reverse. Now, we never know precisely how many of us are alive at any one time, but this Tuesday is the United Nations best estimate on when we're going to reach 8 billion human beings on planet Earth, the big blue marble. The big blue marble. So they're going to they're gonna let that many people be born by next week? <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised they're letting them live. And it is a number too big to imagine, but think of it this way. In the time that it takes you to read this paragraph, the world's population grew by around 20 people. There you go. 20 people. Yep. 15 words, 20 people just got born. Okay. While the Earth's population is growing quickly, the growth rate is starting to slow down. Eventually, it'll start falling and our societies will shrink. Humanity is changing day by day in ways that we cannot perceive over short periods, but in ways that will reshape our world over the coming century. We've already hit peak child. There will never again be more children alive than there are today, with fertility rates plummeting across the globe. And now you got to worry about this conspiracy theory about the COVID vaccine making people so that they cannot get pregnant and reproduce. Huh? Well, uh, you don't really have to worry about that. I mean, yeah, you could worry about the COVID vaccine, you know, sterilizing people. And, you know, you could worry about, you know, fluoridated water and you know, GMOs. And you could worry about what's that other thing, the spraying from the sky thing. 
geostratospheric engineering. Yeah, what do they call that go. the other one? Chemtrails. Chemtrails, yeah. Yeah, we could worry. But, I mean, you know, people are voluntarily doing it with, you know, steroids and gene therapies. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. There's and, many, and, many ways. And not, not the good kind of things that you call healthcare, but things that are like gender reassignment. You know, I don't think they're going to be putting out bunches of kids. No. I mean, we already have a culture. Part of the reason why they know that we're going to be declining is they're looking at the U.S. as one of the leaders in global population change okay so it's not depopulation it's global population change and the way you do that is you convince a bunch of people that heterosexualism is old school yeah you know it's, it's better to be gay it's right. better it's better to be uh non-binary and so then you have a population that we don't know the full effects of that yet because we just entered that cultural phenomenon where we don't want to have offspring and you know we're not just going to abort the children we're not going to just pump everybody full of birth control birth control is not just going to be in our drinking water in certain major cities but we're going to go a step further than that so now what we're looking at in the united states is we have less than the replacement rate right in exactly. the united states yep. you got to have like 2.6 children replacement rate right right some people die young don't have children so you gotta you have 2.6 children i think we're at 1.9 i think in the united states project next year to be like 1.6 so we're gonna obviously depopulate our country without mass immigration which is part of the reason why we don't see much being done about immigration because you got to have people to have an economy and even if they're not legally coming here you still got to have laborers to fill those marketplaces oh, so yeah so it's kind of interesting that that we're seeing this article come out and look at the world population reaching 8 billion, this scary number where we're all going to starve to death if you ask Al Gore. Exactly. But we're looking at a that's future coming where... Up. That's coming up. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that's in the article. I mean, I'm, I'm just kind of rambling, I guess, sure. at this point about some of these things. But I look at, you know, everybody's got to go to college, right? Kindergartners that are visiting the university to see where they will go in the future, right? Well, they keep the kids in college till they're 30 years old. You look at the baby boomer generation, you look at the growth of the United States and the prosperity in the United States, people were having three to seven children on average, somewhere right. in that range. Yeah. You had a growing population, a workforce, you had a nuclear family that was strong, you built communities, you built cities, you built corporations, you built industry. And now we're going in the other direction where we're building mental illness and drug addiction and crime. And we're not building families because the people that are successful aren't having children because by the time they meet someone and get married and think about having children, they're past their prime. And because they didn't graduate from college till they were 30 <laughs> right. and, and they go into the workforce and they're like, well, I got to make myself professional. So then they're like, man, I'm, I'm my biological clock's ticking, honey. We should have kids. And the guy's like, are you kidding me? We're, we're 40 years old. Well, I don't want to raise kids in my sixties, you know? Right. So that's where we've been in it as a culture. And we're, we're going to face that reality. Now we're ahead of the game because other countries were still having kids. Oh yeah. Yeah. You so, betcha. So, America and China really shot itself in the foot on the population game, unless you believe that population control is important. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you've got countries over in Asia right now, specifically South Korea. You've got Japan also that incentivizes 
couples having relations in order to generate children. They incentivize that well, in South Korea and in Japan. Right. Well, and, and Russia was starting to do that, too, because they realized that they were starting to look at a future of depopulation, which would give them less people in industry, less people paying taxes, yeah. less people to join their militaries. And they were looking at a future of great weakness compared to some other countries that sure. happen to be their competitors. Sure. And, you know, if if we could get a straight word out of the likes of communist china right now i think that by virtue of the policies the one child policy that they had for many 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 years is going to kick them right dead square in the rear the end teeth, here. yeah so because well, that, what's ended up happening is that policy, you know, everybody was was going after the boy children the male children well they wanted okay. the family name continued yeah now yeah. we don't have any female children that are in the same age category range you know i mean cultural the way that they go about doing their courting if you will right and you know now what china is seeing is they're seeing a very large homosexual population Right, which also drives STDs, which they're having problems yeah, with. Oh, yeah, know? big so, time, man. So there's a whole lot of problems. And, of course, they've, they've reversed course on that. They said, no, 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 you can go ahead and have two children. Now they're saying, go ahead and have three. Yeah, exactly. Because so, they, 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 they looking, see the writing on the wall, man. Right, you know? they do, yeah. For a country that had the largest population in the world and not so much anymore, I think that they definitely see the writing on the wall. Well, they're not willing to sacrifice the bodies that they did building the wall. (laughs) And, you know, that is one of the points in this particular article here. We're getting older and older, which means that there are fewer people able to work to support more people who can't. That's right. There you That's go, right. man. Well, and, and in this country, we're facing the same thing. You, we're starting to have more takers than makers. That's right. And you have a reduced population and an economic future that right at the moment, it's not looking like we're making the right decisions. But anyhow, we got to take a break. We will be right back talking about the big blue ball. No doubt that you've been hearing about our crazy real estate market. Whether you need to sell your beloved home to downsize or wish to travel the world, you must have an ethical representative to put you first and make sure your transition goes smoothly while protecting your interests. In a market with competing offer scenarios and many inexperienced agents, Jennifer Swisher offers a decade of expertise in rural and urban residential sales and property management. Swisher Sales offers a risk-free, easy exit listing with a communication and performance guarantee. Simply put, If you're not satisfied, you can walk away at any time without a penalty. Now, what do you have to lose? Call Jennifer today for a hassle-free market analysis or any other real estate question. Swisher Sales will simplify your buying and selling process and provide you a peace of mind while you navigate the challenging real estate market. Call or text Jennifer at 509-220-5373 or send an email to swishersales at gmail.com. Again, 220 5373 or swisher sales at gmail.com. And welcome back from the break, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for rejoining Mike and Tim on There's 8 Billion of Us on the Big Blue Marble this Monday episode here on Right Spokane Perspective. Yeah, 8 billion. So that's the number that's well above the number that was supposed to be the global apocalypse. Yeah. You betcha, man. Well, here's a little taste of where scientists think that we are going to be going. The world is likely to have a couple more billion mouths to feed in just a few decades. The UN's latest projection released earlier this year suggests that the world will house 9.7 billion humans in the year 2050. Demographic projections are highly accurate, and it has to do with the fact that most of the people who will be alive in 30 years have already been born. 
the UN's Population Division Director John Wilmoth ended up saying. But when you start getting 70 and 80 years down the road, there's much more uncertainty. Under its most likely scenario, the UN projects the world population will reach $10.4 billion in the 2080s. 10 point, not dollars, people. Yeah, 10.4 billion people. Yeah, yeah 10.4 billion people. Oh, did I people. say dollars? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry about we're, that. We're, we're so used to talking government and dollars and oh, billions. Oh, yeah, you yeah. bet. Uh, but people, I mean, and, and they view people, again, as human capital. Yeah. And, you know, the corporations say, if you're not growing, you're dying. And so when you look at countries, if you're not growing, you're dying. So they're saying that we're going to still grow in population globally, but it's going to have to be a part of the reason why they want us all to be global citizens that's what they're teaching our children in schools these days exactly because you know so many of these people are over 30 years old on the planet as the article just stated and those people are not global citizens those people are citizens that are proud to be citizens of the countries they're in typically yeah right yeah whether it's forced through dictatorship right or whether it's actual patriotism or populism uh, you know liking the country of your origin so or the country that you landed in because you didn't like the country of your origin because you immigrated somewhere else for opportunity whether it's over in europe or the united states or japan wherever so you see a declining population what that article didn't talk about was where the growth in population is and the growth in population is the research that i've done is in third world countries yeah, exactly third so, world countries so developed nations developed countries of in europe the united states the western nations are seeing a decline in replacement rate and so they're using immigration to fulfill their population needs for industry taxation and growth as a corporate entity basically a country yeah and they're going to have to do that from third world countries to keep sustaining themselves but they also see other problems doing that right right like right assimilation so now you have to have a global scheme and that's why we have this whole global scheme is because well for one they don't want the third world nations producing so many people but also that the wealth and the industry isn't where the people are right exactly man all right ladies and gentlemen we're going to go ahead and switch gears we're going to do a little bit of follow-up coverage here on some stuff that i happened to mention to you about a week or so ago with regard to the communist chinese establishing police stations across the world here is your headline Conservatives call on Biden administration to shut down secret CCP police station in New York City. This comes from Headline USA, folks. Now, experts say that U.S. government must immediately investigate and get rid of recently discovered overseas Chinese government police stations in the city of New York for potential violation of laws, according to the Daily Caller. Human rights organization Safeguard Defenders revealed in their September report that in 2022, the Chinese Communist Party created secret police stations in over 100 cities around the world to intimidate and harass Chinese people overseas. Wow. This is a disgrace. How in God's name could they openly have these communist police stations in our country, according to Bo, a retired New York Police Department detective and current head of Bo Deedle and Associates? private investigation firm now i can only think about this as in 
Chinese police stations in U.S. cities because we have such open borders. We have, we have communist Chinese entities coming to the United States for global commerce. So they're overseeing Chinese investors and Chinese people in the United States using these Chinese police stations. But I could also see that the Chinese might be using and utilizing our internet capabilities to use digital oversight over their citizens from the U.S. Yeah, yeah, it could very well be. Now, let's try and go to Beijing and open up an American police station over there. The government of the United States should deal with this and throw them the heck out. China's Ministry of Foreign Affairs gaslighted people from other countries by denying the existence of the police stations, instead calling them overseas service centers. Okay. But these are not the only things that they do. They also conduct foreign strike operations against individuals who run afoul of the CCP by intimidating, blackmailing, and forcibly arresting them. These operations aim to crack down on drug smuggling and telecommunications fraud, the CCP says. And if anybody knows anything about drug smuggling and telecommunications fraud, it is the communist Chinese. And it's the communist Chinese. <laughs> well, so, so it should be thoroughly investigated because we just, you know, walked away from a year. Well, we're about ready to walk away from another year where we're going to see, you know, record numbers of fentanyl deaths, drug overdoses, heroin, a lot of things that are tied to Chinese cartels that are working with other countries' cartels like Mexican drug cartels that are poisoning our communities. Yeah, you bet, man. All right. But these are not the only things that they do. They also conduct foreign strike operations against individuals who run afoul of the CCP by intimidation, blackmailing, and forcibly arresting them. These operations aim to crack down on drug smuggling and telecommunications fraud. There has been a noticeable uptick in incidents where the Chinese government is targeting people on other nations' soil. Senate Foreign Affairs Committee ranking member Jim Reich of Idaho happened to say, this shows the Chinese Communist Party is not afraid to exert its will outside of China, and we should do all we can to counter this behavior. The police stations are still active, even though 20 members of Congress urged Secretary of State Anthony Blinken and Attorney General Merrick Garland to take action in an October letter. We should not allow China to export its coercive and aggressive tactics anywhere in the United States. They most certainly should not be allowed to exercise extraterritorial law enforcement on American soil, according to Republican Representative Doug Lamborn of Colorado. Well, this sounds like a job for the FBI. Uh, how about the U.S. Army? <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean... Yeah, the FBI won't figure it out. <laughs> I mean, I don't know who we're going to have. I mean, I'll tell you something, man. On the way Call over the to the studio, I was listening to a couple of talking heads, conservative talking heads, and they are just all over the FBI right now because well, they're corrupt. Yeah. They just got around to reporting on the FBI corruption that you and I discussed a month ago. Right. And this was just a couple of days ago, you know, that... Uh, well, that's why I said this is a job for the FBI because the job the FBI has been doing is politicizing the Bureau and it's been used as a political tool when it should be going after, I don't know, maybe an um, international adversary like China. Yeah. Um, using American soil as operating centers to, I don't know, coerce officials, go after Chinese citizens, go after people in other countries like you just talked about. I would think that FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, yep. would be the one that'd be investigating these Chinese police stations that are in the United States. Yep, exactly. But I don't think they did. I think there was somebody else that was concerned about it. <laughs> and I think that nothing's being done about it as far as 
We know there's no reporting about anything being done about it. No, no, there's nothing. As a matter of fact, I found that headline USA blurb, and I also have in hand a blurb from The Guardian. Now, The Guardian article is a lot more detailed, and I would definitely encourage folks to go over and onto The Guardian's webpage and see if you can't get yourself a copy now, of it. And, and hold on, just so that everyone knows, we're only using The Guardian because it's a right-wing publication. Oh, wait, it's not. <laughs> it's, it's not. It's not. It's, it's a left-wing. Wing. And it's right. kind of surprising, you know, that you got a little perspective from both sides of the aisle on this. Right. So the leftists are being really concerned now. The leftist media is concerned about these operations. You had a more conservative entity that's concerned about these operations. But what they should be reporting on the media is how our government has now leaked to the media that they're doing something about these operations. Right? Yeah, no kidding. I mean, and what on. the heck are you doing? Come yeah. on, man. What's going on? <laughs> what did the Guardian have to say about it, by the way? There was a little bit more detail. They basically detailed how uh, how many police stations that they believe exist around the world, that these police stations or service centers, as the CCP refers to them as, are located in various strip malls across oh, the United States, okay. across the world. Okay. So it just like a, a, appears to be some kind of innocuous business that you don't really see or know your friends uh, exactly. attending. And it's just, exactly. Uh, just uh, they got an address on the door and yeah. who knows what goes on there. Yeah. And the only people that know what's going on in there are the people that are being cornered and, and harassed by the CCP police. But the people and, and maybe they don't even know what's going on there, even if they've been there because they had a blindfold on when they got delivered. <laughs> Could be, knows. man. Could be. All right. Your next story here, ladies and gentlemen. Here is a game plan. Biden replaces Harris with Newsom and then resigns. This comes from an opinion contributor by the name of Douglas McKinnon. Now, Tuesday delivered some clarity, confusion, and mystery. Better news for the Democrats and basically everyone expected. That said, the results came despite both President Biden and Vice President Harris being unpopular with a large segment of the electorate, including a number of Democratic pundits and voters. It's not getting as much attention as I believe it should regarding why the anticipated red wave never reached the shore. But I believe one of the main reasons is Trump fatigue and even hatred for former President Trump. As long as he is still considered a potentially viable candidate in 2024 or a political force by the left, that fatigue and hate will be enough to drive many Americans to the polls to vote against any Republican. But within that force of nature, voter reflex is a warning sign for the Democratic Party. What if Trump is not a candidate in two years? Hmm? I have written that I don't believe Trump will run, but will drag out the anticipation for as long as possible to keep his brand in the news and campaign donations flowing in. If he does declare that he will not be a candidate in 2024, how much energy will leak out of the Democrat voting machine? Potentially quite a bit. That possibility, coupled with the drag that Biden and Harris has already attached to the Democrats' chances to retain the White House in 2024, raises a critically important question of strategy for their party. Do Democrats jettison both Biden and Harris or keep them and more than likely lose a strong Republican ticket of Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and perhaps former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley? 
what Tuesday's voting demonstration is that our country is still equally divided and deeply polarized with no political healing on the horizon. That really speaks to the need for a proven vote getter with lots of money and a logistical machine behind him. In Politics 101, California Governor Gavin Newsom meets even exceeds those qualifications. Newsom won re-election easily and now has the luxury of turning his ambitious eyes towards the White House. The question then becomes, will his party turn its eyes toward him as the person who might save it from the Biden-Harris dilemma it is surely about to face? If the answer is yes, the solution is really not complicated at all. In one scenario, Biden could ask Harris to resign and replace her with Newsom, who then becomes heir apparent for 2024. Or Biden could replace Harris with Newsom and then resign himself, making Newsom the president before 2024 and arming him with the full force of the Oval Office. Well, that would be a really huge turn of events and pretty unbelievable, especially when the pundits are talking about a 2024 campaign for a new senator of the name of Fetterman. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. Gavin Newsom, I mean, Fetterman... Cockling Kamala, I don't know. If you don't vote for Kamala Harris to be the next president, you just hate school buses. (laughs) You hate the kids and and you want to do the new, you're going back to busing. Yep, you bet. Yeah. Well, I tell you, man, you know, the Democrats, they definitely have a little bit of strategy that they are going to have to think about and uh, execute. That's for sure. The 2024 presidential election. They're going to have to have another cryptocurrency multi-billionaire to dump money into their campaigns. That's That's for sure. All of that being said, folks, Mike and Tim are out of here today. We'll be back at you and in your face again tomorrow. Bye-bye.